How's it going, everybody? This is Digit, and I'm here with the mighty, marvelous, and wonderful Lucille. Lucille, how are you doing today? I'm pretty good. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Now, we decided to throw this podcast up last night while we were watching a movie, and we'll get to that in a second. But I haven't thrown up a podcast in a minute, and I think that this topic is perfect to come right back into it, because it's definitely going to make us rant. So, uh, Lucille, what are we going to talk about today? Today, we're going to talk about the eight and a half hours that we've wasted watching Zack Snyder movies. I just want to say that Zack Snyder, I do not like any of his movies. I'm, I don't think any of them are good. No. No. Now, when you see his name pop up, you see Zack Snyder's 300, Zack Snyder's Justice League. Zach, did he make Man of Steel? I don't think I, he did. I don't think so. I don't think he did. Because that one was actually decent. decent. Yeah. <laughs> It wasn't great. No. But it was decent. It was okay. Yeah, but let's back it up and kind of talk about it in general. Our first venture into Zack Snyder's DC Universe. Now, we ended up getting HBO Max because we wanted to go see the movies, but or we wanted to go see Mortal Kombat, I think. Yeah, and I think Godzilla versus Kong. Godzilla versus Kong. We wanted to go see Godzilla versus Kong, but the tickets would have been more expensive. Than for one movie at one night, than just buying HBO Max and trying it for a little bit. Yes. Yeah. So we ended up getting HBO Max, and we still have it because then we started moving through Game of Thrones and all that stuff. Uh, and, but we'll talk about Game of Thrones later. But we ended up watching Zack Snyder's Justice League on there on HBO Max because why not? You know, we don't plan on keeping HBO Max, but while it's there and movies are dropping on it, it's still less expensive if one main movie drops on the platform yeah so lucille have you seen the theatrical release of justice league i have not have you watched it since no um because after watching the Zack snyder cut i figured i didn't want to waste any more time with the movie yeah 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 so for those who are uninitiated justice league came out in theaters and was terrible just awful and what had happened is that Zack Snyder, I believe, had some personal thing going on, and he had to leave the movie, and then I think it was Joss, Joss Whedon ended up taking it over. So it was kind of a cross between a Zack Snyder film and a Joss Whedon film, and I might have the incorrect name there, but I know Zack Snyder didn't finish it. But what ended up happening is that people hated the movie, but they're so, ah, oh, Zack Snyder, yeah, we, we're Zack Snyder fans. Oh, he made The Watchmen, too. I forgot to say that. Um, uh, Watchmen was that was good. good. That was good. Yeah. But they're sort of like, yo, Zack Snyder, we're Zack Snyder fans. And they wanted a Zack Snyder cut, director's cut of Justice League because it came out in stories. And I feel like every bad movie does this. That it's like, the studio was so controlling of me and I couldn't practice my vision. Uh, and I feel like that South Park character, the cable guy who's just playing with his nipples. Like, <laughs> oh, you had... You're not going to be home from three to six? Oh, Tell no. me more about how inconvenient this is for you. I feel like oh. that's all the directors when their movie comes out and is badly received. Oh, the studio was interrupting my vision. <laughs> oh. and But that's what they said. They said that the studio Warner Bros. came in and didn't like how dark the movie was. Yada, 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 whatever. And the fans demanded a Zack Snyder's cut. And so they did it. For HBO Max, they did it. And how long was it? It was over four hours long. Yeah. And how, what would you rate it? 
out of 10? Yes. Like a four. I was, I was going to give it a four. And I think I give it a four because there are some parts that are beautiful. Mm-hmm. Like some of it you're watching, you're like, wow, that's really beautiful scenery and everything. But there were so many plot points that were just dropped. And just garbage plot points that had Gar- no impact. Oh, yeah. And yeah. then the, the dialogue was terrible. terrible. You know, and you know how in movies you have to have a character foil, you know, like you have the main character and then there's the mm-hmm. foil who's like the opposite or whatever. He adds the comedic relief. You're not supposed to make that person super obvious if it's supposed to be this cinematic masterpiece. But like the Flash was so, oh my gosh, I'm so quirky. Like I'm the Flash. Look at me go. No, I can't. Like, <laughs> and I I agree with you 100. percent The movie, some of the cinema cinematography work and the shots were beautiful. Mm-hmm. Like just straight up good looking movie. The problem was the storytelling by itself was. Awful. The movie was terrible. The interactions between characters, terrible. The characters themselves, terrible. Cyborg, a terrible character in the movie. Uh, the Flash, as you discussed, he's just, just a quirky guy. I'm so quirky. So quirky. And people praise this movie. And I mean straight up praise it for being a masterpiece. And I, we watched it. And then looked at the IMDb, the Rotten Tomatoes, the Metacritic score. And people give it fairly good scores. Yeah, everyone said it was amazing. And so we decided we would sit down and watch it. And I think we watched it in, like, we did... Two sittings. Yeah. Yeah. Three hours one night and then an hour the next day because we were like, we have to get this over with. (laughs) Yeah, we couldn't just stop because after you invest three hours into a movie, you have to finish it, even if it is the worst thing in the world. Yeah. And I did not like that movie at all. And then half the shots, so I want to make this comparison for those of you who have seen the theatrical release imagine the theatrical release minus a couple scenes plus uh three maybe four new scenes that make no sense and i'll talk about one in a minute and then about an hour's i'm not exaggerating about an hour's worth of panning shots yes you're right i forgot that there were like it was all just panning shot Panning shot, panning shot. Dialogue that adds nothing to the story. Panning shot, sun flare. Yes. <laughs> and it was like panning shot over a large building. Panning shot over people walking in the street. Panning shot over a statue. Panning shot of the character. Panning shot of a wide view of the character. Panning shot. And it, you would get like 15 shots in before they started dialogue. Every new scene. It, it was insane. But... To talk about the dialogue really quick and the dialogue they added, they added the strangest thing. So, for example, Batman goes to recruit Aquaman to his cause. And he's kind of being like, no, I'm not going to do it. No, I'm so cool. I've got tattoos and shit. And he goes into the ocean. Hmm. And the local village women just start singing this random song. It was a it was a beautiful song. It was a beautiful song. Had no impact, no relevance, no like nothing. There was no point to it. Nope. None. That never came back around, never told a story about Aquaman or nothing. That was it. It was just like, it would be really intense. This is Zack Snyder. It would be so intense right now if just everyone started singing. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, playing with his nipple. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's them singing when Aquaman goes into the ocean. And it's the most out of place shit you've ever seen. Yeah. Or uh, one of the plot points that they dropped is 
I think they said it once or twice in the movie. They're like, Lois Lane is the key. We're like, that's great. But Lois Lane popped up twice in the movie, maybe. And then, you know, it's not a spoiler because I'm sure everyone has seen the movie by now. But if you haven't, stop now. But anyways, you know, Superman comes back. Superman has two lines. In those two lines, I'm pretty sure he just goes and visits his mom. He sees Lois and then he comes back and, you know, like it's, I don't, I can't even put together what happened because it still doesn't make sense to me. Especially that part of the story where they're like, Lois Lane is the key. And the only thing she did the entire movie was kind of snap him out of it. But it's like, they don't show why that's such a big deal. Yeah. Because like, they should have known that. Yeah, at... I don't know. And I even, I went back and watched Man of Steel afterwards because I was like, oh, maybe that'll help with things. And I watched Batman versus Superman again as well. And both of those, I kind of just, it didn't add anything to the Justice League. It didn't really make it make more sense. It was kind of like its own thing. It was on its own plane, I guess. I don't know. No, I 100% agree. It's a lot of the storytelling and character choices they made, they either didn't deserve or didn't fully grasp. Yeah. Like there's, if a character is supposed to have an arc, it's supposed to start and end at a certain place. And then there's things that happen in the middle that get them to that point. But there was no things that got them there. Yeah, exactly. It was like, they are this way. Oh my God. They're part of the justice league. Now, now they're this way. Now they're this way. Now they're like this whole higher individual and they're not just like some abomination robot created by their dad. Yeah. So that was a cyber, a cyborg kind of story there, but no justice league. And Oh, one more story before we move on to army of the dead, the after credit scene where they're like in the wasteland, Yes. So, uh, what was I watching? I was watching Batman versus Superman. And in that one, I'm pretty sure Batman has a dream where they're in the wasteland. Yeah. Yeah. And he it's does. supposed to connect to that. And then the flash that. comes back and is like, Lois is the key. Which, again, never really pans out in Justice League. No, not at all. No. It's, I just feel like they're trying to add stuff for another movie. Or yeah. something like, oh, this is what's going to happen, and Superman's the bad guy, but, like, he's it, having it in dreams? Like, is that Batman's it, power? Yeah, that scene and the whole Lois is the key thing, no connection, no storyline, no... Like, it's like he just made that scene for fan service. Yes. Yeah. For Jared Leto. For Jared Leto's Joker, because <laughs> he has actually more dialogue than I was expecting in the scene. Yeah. But that scene, as a collection of the movie, or the DC universe as a whole... Has no relevance. No. None. So that's our quick rant on Zack Snyder's Justice League. The reason we talk so much about it is because that was Zack Snyder's kind of toy. Like they tease this as this is Zack Snyder's vision. Oh, also speaking of his vision, it was in a different ratio, like a red, not ratio, um, not resolution. Uh, It was like an as not aspect ratio. Aspect ratio. yeah. Yeah. It was in a different aspect ratio. It was in a square. So imagine a 1940s TV show or TV where it's a square aspect ratio. It was in a square aspect ratio. And it was like, and it had a disclaimer before the movie started. Because of Zack Snyder's creative vision, this theatrical, or this Zack Snyder's cut is in this aspect ratio. A four by three. A fucking square. Oh, I'm sorry. My oh, aspect ratio doesn't vision. fit on your television. Oh, <laughs> yeah. 
now, you know, we're in the fucking 21st century where every TV is a flat screen, has HDMI ports, and it's a rectangle. So why would you make your th- your cut a four by three square? Okay, end rant. Artistic vision, babe. Artistic vision. God. <laughs> but the reason we bring up the Justice League is because that was supposed to be Zack Snyder's film. Like He had free reign to do what he wanted on it, and it wasn't good. So this past week, another movie of his came out on Netflix, Army of the Dead. And it's a zombie movie. And I'm going to be honest. Even though I didn't like Justice League, a zombie movie by Zack Snyder seems like something that is right down his alley. Yeah, because zombie movies are gory, and he mm-hmm. created 300, which yep. was gory. Yep. Um, it has Dave Batista in it. Love Batista. He's fantastic. Yep. And then a bunch of no names. Yeah. I don't remember anyone else in the movie that had had a significant role in anything important lately. Yeah. And how would you rate Army of the Dead out of 10? I think I'd give it more of a, like a five out of 10 instead of a four just because there weren't as many plot points that were dropped. Um, and there were some times where I was like, oh, this is what I would do. And then they would do it. I'm like, oh, okay, the zombie movie kind of makes sense. Um, yeah. Well, it's hard to mess up a zombie movie. Yeah, but it was also just, uh, what was it? A lot of panning shots again. Yep. Um, Not as many, though. Like, it wasn't. No. Yeah. But, I mean, it's hard to do that many panning shots if you're using a lot of CGI, I yeah. think. Although, the CGI at some points was not good. <laughs> yeah. Um, I uh, I'd, I think I'd give it a six. Yeah. Yeah, because some of the scenes were entertaining, but, again, the storytelling, the characters made no sense. Oh, yeah. Like, um, you know, they, they accomplished the goal, whatever, um, and they're trying to escape, and all of a sudden... This woman is a love interest. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that until now. <laughs> so, spoilers if you haven't seen it, but Dave Batista recruits his old buddy, who is a female, a female character, mm-hmm. one of the main characters of the movie. I forget her name because they didn't really say names that much in the movie. About it. But um, recruits her, and they're all buddy-buddy. Like, they're, they're a team. They're, like, there's no romantic interest at all. That you can tell. That you can tell throughout the entire movie. They're just like effective because they, to give a premise, Los Angeles has been. Vegas. Las Vegas, excuse me. Las Vegas has been infected by zombies. And so we walled off Vegas and they are going to go in and steal all this money from a casino. And that's the premise. Yeah. But Batista and this crew had been in and out of Vegas before saving people and things. And it, that's what was implied in the beginning of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. And so he's going in to take money out of a casino and he's, he got, he gets his crew back together and shit. So he gets this girl back together and it's just shown that she's a part of the team. She's just another teammate and stuff. And all of a sudden she does this big romantic out of the blue dialogue with Batista and then immediately dies. Yeah. Like another point of the premise, they got the money, but this, day timeline had moved up and so they were going to nuke las vegas yep. like in 20 minutes the government was going to nuke las, las vegas like a day after they leave mm-hmm. but then the government said oh we'll nuke early yeah just for whatever reason yeah because plot points yeah yeah so you know they have 20 minutes until this nuke is supposed to come down and in those 20 minutes they need to get out of the basement of a casino up to the top floor to fly out of this 
shitty 1970s tiny little helicopter. Yeah, yeah. it was like a not even a Blackhawk. It was like a Huey. That's how big it was. It wasn't even that big. And they were supposed to take all this money out and fly out of there before the new kids and then they all die. And so they're getting all this money up and you're like, oh, they're going to get up the stairs. And she goes, do you think I really just came here for the money? It's because I love you. And he's like, I didn't even know that was an option. And we're like, neither did we. (laughs) And the thing was, she definitely came there just for the money. Oh, yeah. Like, there was many discussions about, like, what her cut was going to be. Yeah. Like, how it's, oh, my God. Yeah. So, that's one thing. A a similarity between Justice League 2, the characters and their development, terrible. Yes. Yeah. One thing he did do right in this movie. Oh, before we move on, another bad character decision. So, a guy who hired them on the job. I'm going to rephrase that. A very wealthy man put the team up to this and was like, if you get this money out of the casino for me, here's your cut. So there you go. And a guy who works for the very prestigious businessman, rich guy, whatever, tagged along. And that guy's purpose was to bring back a head of a zombie so that they could study it. And it was implied that they were going to do like zombie soldiers and shit. Yeah. So... They get smuggled in by this person who's called a coyote, smuggled in by a person who smuggles people in and out of Vegas. And they this guy gets all the way back to where they first started, like where they first got in Vegas and gets a zombie head and then walks all the way back. Like he had what he wanted and then walked back into Vegas. Now, you made a good point that, yeah, but he wanted some of the money from the casino. I agree. I just think it's crazy that they wrote it that way, that he walked all the way back to where he could literally walk outside of Vegas and he had the head of the zombie that he was supposed to get, but he walked all the way back into the center of Vegas instead of just walking out with a zombie head. Yeah. Yeah, it was, um, I don't know. And then it's it felt comedic at times. Like it was supposed to be, it's, it's yeah. not supposed to be the most serious movie, but, you know, Dave Bautista's like, I saved all these people and now I flip burgers and I don't want to do that anymore. And you're like, oh, like he wants to go out and be a hero and do all this stuff. No, it turns out he wants to open up a food truck. Yep. Um, And he starts off saying he wants to open this food truck and make artisan grilled cheese. Yep. And then lobster or something. Lobster rolls. Lobster he wanted rolls. to make things out of tofu. Um, He tries to have like this whole makeup thing with his daughter who's a bitch the whole time. She's just stupid does stupid stuff and i understand like she needs to go save the people whatever but she's also like what 20 years old never been in there it's just the character decisions are terrible yeah and it really sucks because there are scenes where you zach snyder does shine through so there's a scene where they're down in the not the bunker but this down near the safe where all the money is and a bunch of zombies comes down and batista just has this really cool choreographed kill the zombie scene like super sick and like there he's flipping shit and stabbing them and it's just really cool and i wish that that was the whole movie i wanted it's kind of like the scene in batman v superman where batman goes in and just messes up all these goons who have superman's mom yeah like best scene in the movie that was the best scene in the movie for me for army of the dead batista just going nuts on these zombies and like it was very well choreographed very good action and i thought that would be the whole movie where it was just good choreographed good action them just killing a shitload of zombies but it wasn't that. No. It was 
I wouldn't say it was disappointing because I kind of went in with an open mind overall, but um, it definitely could have been better. Yeah, and I feel like that's how I walk away from every Zack Snyder film. He just he doesn't do characters well, and he doesn't do storytelling well. He does action and cinematography well. Yes. So he just needs someone that's a better writer than him. Yeah. <laughs> to come in and do the scripts and everything. No, I 100% agree with that. But Because I feel like that, I mean, z- zombie movie-wise, it was okay. Yeah. But if it wasn't a zombie movie, I think it would have been terrible. I agree. Like if it had been an Ocean's Eleven type deal. Oh, it would have been terrible. Awful. Yeah. But a zombie movie, you automatically have a lower standard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah. So is there anything you want to talk about else for Army of the Dead? No, I think that about wraps it up for me. Yeah. So in the future, Zack Snyder, I am going to uh, probably not check out your movies as much. Yeah. I mean, maybe once they've been out for a little bit, see what the reviews are like. Yeah. Ask some friends. I don't understand how he has such fans. I really don't. I think his movies aren't good enough to warrant a following. Well, this is kind of our thing, though. Like, we love movies. I guess so, yeah. As soon as we sit down, we know a movie's going to be good or not based on... Well, I don't want to say based on the first 10 minutes because we watched a movie the other day that surprised me in the the second half. Yeah, in Bruges. Yeah, we watched in Bruges. If you're interested on a podcast of in Bruges, me and Luke and another friend discuss that in depth, and I will link that in the description for y'all to check out that podcast. But that that ended up being really good in Bruges. Yeah, just give it a chance. The first 10, 15 minutes, you're like, oh, this is kind of weird, but it, it turns out it's pretty good. Yeah, it is. So, Zach, But Zack Snyder, I don't enjoy his movies. Agreed. Yeah. So that kind of wraps up our discussion on Zack Snyder. Why don't you talk to me a little bit about Animal Crossing? Oh, yeah, uh, 180 right here. Um, so you bought me Animal Crossing last February, I want to say. Whenever it first came out, the one for the Switch, whenever that first, I mean, it was a year ago at least. It came out probably like right before COVID really, really hit. Because I remember us getting it and I didn't really have time to play it. Um, and then COVID hit and I was playing it for hours a day. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and then... Like, I, I finished the game, I guess, you know, like, you finish all the quests or whatever, and then you just have your island that you can build and stuff. Um, and at that point, like, I didn't really have time to play it because of work, and I was off and on because, you know, sometimes you're excited to play, and sometimes you're like, oh, I just, I want to look at it and then go home. But recently, I've gotten back into it because I've had some time. Yeah. And since I've gotten back into it, I've caught all of the bugs, all the fish, all the sea creatures, all the fossils... Um, my island is now five stars, which means I get the little lily of the valley plants, which are really cute. Yeah. Um, and in order to do that, I had to revamp most of my island. So I have like an amusement park area and a pumpkin patch. I have an outdoor gym with like a rock climbing wall. A pizzeria. I built a pizzeria. Yeah. There's like a brick oven and a clay oven. And then I actually just put a menu sign out there. Ooh. So you can like see the menu. And then there's a bunch of chairs and sitting areas. Um, I have a little Mario area, you know, cause right now they're having that promotion. So you can go get the Mario themed yeah. things. There's like shells and stuff. Um, I also built, I just have a couple campsites and stuff. It's a very much like an outdoorsy Island. It's not one of those ones that's YouTube worthy per se. <laughs> like you see those streamers get on there and they have like this beautiful Island and everything is customized and all this stuff. 
I'm not that creative. <laughs> I just kind of throw stuff down and I hope it looks good. I will say I am very impressed though because you do decorating and organizing in game a lot different than I would and still it turns out very well. Now it's because it starts so different from how I imagine I would. Like I'm always like, I don't know, but you always end up pulling it off very well. Well, I think you have a lot more of a, a modern style. Like you like things to be modern and kind of symmetrical and yeah. stuff like that where I'm very like, well, I don't want to move that tree, so I'll just move the path <laughs> around it, you know? Like it's kind of whimsical. Um, I like there to be a lot of, even at nighttime, I like there to be a lot of lights. Um, and I like to put this stuff out that makes a lot of noise. Yeah. So if there's um, like water fountains, I use a lot of those mm -hmm. or uh, like fire pits. Massive Godzilla's. A big Godzilla, yeah. He lights up at night, by the way. That's pretty cool. I didn't tell you that, but that's cool. Um, or basically anything that you can get from the Pelican Gulliver. Yeah. Yeah, that's like some cool stuff. I have a massive cannon that I have sitting on a rock now. Can you shoot it? I haven't tried. I don't think I can. That'd be cool, though. That would be sick. And you see the cannonball fall in the water. Yeah. Because I would say 90% of the items that you can pick up in Animal Crossing are interactive you know, you get a toy and you can, if you go touch it, it'll like bob its head or the little puppy that's in my house. Um, like it, it barks and stuff, but it's not, it's just a toy dog. But some of this stuff is there just to sit there. Yeah. Um, so like I have a, a play set, but you can't actually play on it. You know, it's just decorative. So, um, overall, like I love the game and I love that I can just kind of come back to it and everything is there and I could totally revamp it if I wanted to, you know. Um, it's just very wholesome and I wanted to talk about it cause I like it. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. Congratulations on the five stars too. That's pretty insane. Thank you. Two weeks in a row. There you go. And for those who don't know, um, heard her talking about catching all the fish, all the stuff. If this was an achievement game, she would be a hundred percent pretty much. Um, yeah. I'm close. Yeah. You just have to pay off your debt and you'd probably be a hundred percent to do everything in the game. Yeah. I, um, I have to pay off the debt from the house. Mm -hmm. I still have to get all of the art. But that's oh, going to yeah. take a while because yeah. that's not something that I can really control. Um, and then I'm still trying to get the golden shovel and the golden slingshot. So you're almost there. Yeah. I got the golden axe yesterday. Oh. I know. Nice. Good stuff. Yeah. And then the flower she talked about, every they rate your island in game based out of five stars. And every week you have a five-star rating, you get one of this flower. So the more weeks that she has five stars the more of that flower she will get. Yeah. And it's like, you can't plant this flower. You can't buy it. You can't um, grow it. No, you can move it. Like you can dig it up and move it somewhere else because it grows on the cliffs of your island. And so I usually dig it up and put it near the town hall just so everyone can see it. Not right. that anyone's visiting my island, but <laughs> um, yeah, it's just, it's really cool. The first time I saw it, I got so excited. I almost cried. So <laughs> Well, nice. Congratulations on that. Thank you. And I think we have one more topic to discuss today, and that is going to be Game of Thrones. Yeah, let's do a cinematography sandwich here. Yeah, <laughs> no kidding. So again, spoilers for Game of Thrones if you haven't seen it, but again, we recently got HBO Max and grinded through Game of Thrones. Grinded. Grind I mean, we were we moved through it quick. Like ordered takeout, almost slept on the floor, grinded. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we did, and it was it was good, though. I want to say I loved Game of Thrones until about late season four, early season five. 
Yeah, I'd say I loved it up until they switched from the books and started going their own direction. Yeah. And it's kind of weird because it was very obvious when that happened because I noticed it. And then I was like, wait a minute, isn't this whenever they started going away yeah, from the Yeah, because the, the character did something weird. And we were like, that's not something they would do. Yeah, and now that did ha- they did move away from the books, but I want to say that if they would have kept the writing decent, they could have pulled it off. But the writing just got so weird. Especially, and like a lot of people point to the last season, but for me, I, want, I, I thought things needed to start happening a little sooner. Yeah, things need to start happening sooner. And I think most of my gripes are about the last season and Agreed. specifically like the last three or four episodes. Yeah. Because um, basically, whenever I... F- so I had never seen Game of Thrones until the last season. Okay. And I was watching the last season when it was coming out weekly because my friends were watching it. And I'm like, oh, I'll hang out with friends, whatever. And I saw The Longest Night, which is the one where all the White Walkers come. Uh-huh. And I thought that was the last episode um, just because of how final it felt. You know, and I actually didn't watch the rest of the season because I thought that was it. But it seems like... It seems like they had that episode in the middle of the season, but right before that, they threw out the plot point of like, oh, you know, spoiler, careful, Jon Snow is a Targaryen, and this is such a big deal, and like, he can compete for the throne now, and oh my gosh, and it's like, why didn't they just, like, the whole point of this was about the White Walkers. Right. You know, why do they have to throw in this whole Jon Snow's a Targaryen thing? Right. Because then that adds another... I guess that adds another it, three episodes. It feels like it should have added more seasons just for that plot point. Just for the, yeah. yeah. The fa- and then I feel like they handled the situation so poorly. Oh, yeah. Like, we talked about all the different things we would have done in the season if we had found out Jon Snow was a Targaryen beforehand or if we had just totally abandoned that point, you know? Oh, 100%. And there's, you mentioned the last three episodes. There's things that characters do. For example... Sir Jamie Lannister, mm. we he ended up being kind of a beloved character because it was shown that he was just kind of trapped in this family that controlled him and used him and not specifically, but just like kept the ruse of family values and family honor so surrounded by him that he felt like he was trapped and had to do things that he didn't want to do. Yeah. And then it came out that he's actually a pretty honorable guy. He tries to do the right thing. But then in the last three episodes, they just totally reverse his character. Yeah. Like a decision he would have made in season three is a decision that he made in season eight. Yeah. Which, so his whole arc just fell apart. Yeah. Like there was, you know, all of this character development that they had. He's like turning into a good guy and he knows his values and his morals. And then he's like, um, you know what? Screw all that. I'm just going to go back and fuck my sister. Yeah, <laughs> literally. And that's that's exactly what happened because they all, a ton of characters came up to him and was like, hey, you know your sister is going to be the end of you, right? You know she's using you and all this and she's a monster and you're just, you're a decent guy, but she's just using you. And he just runs back to her. He gets away from her. He's happy and then he runs back to her and there's no buildup. It's just like, oh, he's doing this now. Yeah. And like, I mean, he even had another love interest. Yeah. You know, and she's standing there like, don't, don't go back to her. Like, I'll take a care of you. A love interest who is very well, like, told. A yeah. very well told love interest story. Yeah. Yeah. She's been around for a long time. They've had a lot of development, a lot of back and forth. And then, you know, she's standing there begging him not to go. And he's like, nope, I'm going. Bye. You know, like, 
it was just very strange. It, I, I don't know. That, there's, oh, man. And we just recently watched the South Park parody videos for Game of Thrones too. And I enjoyed them too because I don't, they came out, I think, around this time in the story, in the actual show, where I was like, you know, I'm kind of getting tired of the show. I kind of want something to happen. Yeah. Because I remember looking over and voicing that to you to be like, I want a dragon to show up already. I want the white, you know, I want there to be a battle. And they were showing that in South Park by continually moving back Black, Black Friday. Friday yeah. So Black Friday was happening, shoot, like a week and a half later yeah. or something. And then <laughs> there was a Red Robin in the mall, and they called it the Red Robin Wedding. Yeah, <laughs> instead of the Red Wedding. Instead of the Red Wedding, yeah. That was when the show was at its peak, I think, around the Red Wedding. I agree. I I can still remember how I felt whenever we first saw that scene. Like, it was such a, a beautiful day, and oh everyone's so excited. And then, you know, this Catherine Stark is, like, looking around, and she's like, something seems kind of off. And they started playing, I remember now, it's the Lannister theme song, the boom, 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 boom. Doo, yeah. Doo. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, They start playing that, and she's looking around, and then she sees that the guy next to her is wearing armor, and then they just go stab this woman in her pregnant belly. And they kill everyone that you love. Everyone. Like, every character... In the show that you've developed feelings for, that like keeps you wanting to watch the show, they murder them all. And all it's of them at like, once. Disgusting. Yeah, and that was the best part of the show. And I think around then is when South Park made the episode making fun of like how the story doesn't really go anywhere. Yeah, and I it because of that red wedding in Game of Thrones, I was able to stick around for a lot longer. But I did start to get antsy of like, okay. Uh, something needs to happen. And I think that's a problem with the storytelling is that they needed another season minimum because everything that they were building to happened too quickly. Yeah. But then on top of that, like they, they built it up. Right. And then there yeah. was one episode of the walkers, one episode of them taking over King's landing. And then instead of developing those into something else, the last episode was just like, Oh, this character that you loved this is what they're going to go do for the rest of their lives. And this character, this is what they're going to do. It was this forced closure that was totally unnecessary. I agree. And one thing that we discussed too is that it seemed like the writers shoved their justification into dialogue. Yeah. There were two or three instances where we were like, why did they do that? That just seems kind of stupid. And then later in the episode, they'd be like, this is why we did it. And we're like, did the writers really just put their justification in the show? And it seemed very <laughs> out of place when a character would talk it. Because like it was very like, oh, this is da 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 And it was very much like, hey, this is why we wrote this into the show. Like in, in case you weren't sure, because you probably aren't, this is why we killed that person. <laughs> so stupid. The entire The entire ending season was just bad. I still... I stand by, I don't remember my original, what I thought what I, I would do for the show, right. but I kind of stand by the original idea of like that longest night with the White Walkers, honestly, probably splitting it up into two episodes. Minimum. Minimum. But basically, you know, the White Walkers show up and they're trying to hold them off and they have all these people, but while the White Walkers are there, um, oh gosh, what's her name? 
the girl Lannister. Cersei? Yeah. While that happens, Cersei Lannister sends her army up because she's trying to attack the North from behind. She has no idea the White Walkers are hitting. She doesn't even think they're real. She doesn't think they're real. So she goes up because she wants to attack the North. And at the time, the North is attacking the White Walkers, and they're, like, dying. Like, diminished. Everything's falling apart. It's really bad, right? And then she shows up, realizes the White Walkers are real, and they end up fighting together. And then... You know, they defeat the White Walkers and everything, and she realizes Jon Snow is, like, a good guy, and then they can do all the political stuff later. Um, I don't even remember what I was going to do after that. Honestly, but it was just, I don't even know how that would work. All I know is that would have worked better than what they went with. Yeah, because after... I don't know. And then the direction they went with Daenerys, like, I knew she was I, going crazy. I felt like... I saw a lot of her going crazy in the show. Like, I, she was getting rougher and rougher as the show went on yeah. when she was first shown to be kind of a delicate leader. Mm-hmm. And I could have seen it, but I think that they pushed that descent and that roughness, that like that jump a little too quickly. Because they, they, there was a basis there for it. Yeah. But then they kind of pushed her over the edge very quickly when I wish it was more of a descent. Yeah. Yeah, it was definitely, there was some crescendo, but I remember seeing her, like, de- debating whether or not to burn down King's Landing, and I was like, she's not going to do it. Like, it ha- maybe she'll go burn down the castle. Yeah, you know? I, I thought she was just going to burn down the castle, too. Yeah, or maybe, like, the outskirts of the city or something, because that's where all, oh, all the people were in the castle, so yeah. maybe she'd burn the outskirts, Yeah, send a message, make sure her their fleet is done, but then she just burnt everything down her men were in there and she was burning everything down like she just burned down civilians attacked random people just killed everything yeah out of the blue very against her character usually yeah it was very yeah It's, it's so disappointing too because we fell in love with the show and i experienced i think we experienced late what most people experienced live when season eight came out. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, I don't know. And it's hard to experience it late because everyone else has already gotten over it. Yeah. You know, we talked to our buddy who saw it whenever it first came out and he's just like, Oh yeah, whatever. You know, it was game of Thrones. It was fun. And we're still heartbroken. Yeah. Like even talking about it, like my stomach kind of gnarls up a little bit. I honestly think that if they would have done the last season better, it would have been, one of the best shows of all time. Agreed. I agree. Um, I mean, there were definitely good parts to the show. Oh, like, I, I mean, a lot of the, yeah, the the early seasons and leading up, everything until like the last two seasons. Yeah, but also um, something that I think is interesting that we kind of talked about is whenever they had those big action scenes, so whenever the White Walkers were coming or King's Landing was getting burnt down, they sped up. The playback oh, time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And at first, so, you know, it's it's supposed to portray how chaotic and gruesome everything going on is. And at first I was like, there's no way they're moving this fast. This is kind of wild, you know? And then I started watching the fire in the background. And the fire is flickering like one and a half times faster than it's supposed to. Yeah. You know? That's, that's a really good point that I didn't notice until you told me to look at the background or the fire or something that isn't a person. Mm-hmm. 
And you can. You can notice that in a lot of fight scenes, they speed up footage. Yeah. And you would mention maybe they're doing that so that they can fit it in the time frame that needs to be in or anything. But I really think it was supposed to be um, to just show you how chaotic everything is. Because, you know, at one time speed... You can kind of comprehend what's going on in in the movie, you know, right. or yeah, in the especially show. during action scenes. Yeah, like okay, oh they're fighting, oh there's blood, oh she's running, whatever. But whenever it's just a little bit faster, and she's you know, Arya is whipping her head around trying to figure out where she needs to go so that she doesn't get burnt down by this dragon, you know, and there's blood everywhere and people are screaming and burning. Like your brain is just a little bit behind, and it causes you to feel a little bit panicked too. And I just thought that that was, it was really smart. Um, it could have probably been done a little bit better so that it's not as noticeable because right. I was able to, to point it out and I'm usually not that observant. Um, right. And hell, we might be wrong on this, but it, watching some scenes, it looked pretty obvious. Yeah. Yeah, because at some points you're like, wow, how are they moving so fast? Those people are running, whatever, you know? But then in other scenes, it was, you know, the fire is sitting back there like, you know, (laughs) it's, yeah. Yeah. I noticed it on The Longest Night, that episode. I think that's when you showed me. Um, Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, overall, good show. I would recommend anyone to watch it. I'd recommend it. it. You just get your heart broken in the end. Yeah. Um, Maybe not younger viewers quite yet. There's a lot of boobs and sex. Yes. Boobs and sex. Boobs and sex. And penises. Only gay penises. Only soft gay wieners. (laughs) (laughs) Because straight wieners are too aggressive, I guess. That was a South Park reference. That was a South Park reference, yeah. (laughs) That that was Butters watched um, Game of Thrones and questioned why only gay wieners were shown. Because they're... And he thought that it was because they are less aggressive than straight wieners. They're less menacing than hard straight wieners. Yeah, so they... (laughs) So only soft gay wieners. But, <laughs> well, that brings us to about 43 minutes. I think that's a pretty good podcast. That's a pretty good podcast, yeah. All right. Everyone, the mighty, the marvelous, and the wonderful Lucio, thanks for coming by today. Thanks for having me. All right. I'm Digit. Y'all have a great one, and we'll see you on here soon. <laughs>